Did you know a lot of years ago, something just comes to me, maybe I'm supposed to share it to you, share it with you. Nikki Cruz was speaking at our church, former gang leader, Mau Mau's, crossing switchblade fame. And he gave an invitation. This is the other building we were on at 290 Flappish Avenue. This building is 190 Livingston Street, where you're going to meet that Saturday. We'll remind you again on Sunday. But we were in 290 Flappish Avenue, and Nikki was preaching, and he makes the invitation. And people come forward, and God really used Nikki, gave his testimony. And as he's praying over the people, and they're just flooded in the front, he goes, wait a minute. Yo, Julio, is that you? And this guy goes, yeah. He goes, I can't believe this. I, can't, I don't believe that. Julio, we, ha- we haven't seen each other. And he starts talking to Julio right in the, at the end of the meeting. And he tells the people, Julio was in the junior Mau Mau's. And when I was running the streets and totally crazy, Julio was in the, the younger group. And later turned out he idolized Nikki. So. so Julio comes up. We greet him. We hug. We pray. It's a lot of joy. So when the meeting's over, Nikki said to Carol and I, look, well, let's go to Junior's restaurant and have some food and fellowship. I said, okay. So we go down there and we bring Julio with us. We're sitting there and Nikki goes, Julio, this is weird, right? Because Nikki grew up, I was on South Portland off of Fulton when I was a little, real little. And Nick, Nikki was South Elliott, I think. And um, this guy, Julio, was there. And he goes, Julio, you remember what went down, right? And it turns out that Caddy Corner from Juniors, I don't know what's there now, but this is way back. Caddy Corner across, not directly across toward LIU, but across that way. There was a bar and they went in to hold it up, the junior Mau Mau's. There was a gun, and it went off. The guy got shot and killed in the store. And Julio was among them. And whoever fired it, I don't know how they, what they found out. But they grabbed Julio, and they sent him away. So he did a stretch in prison. And I'm listening to this story. You, you mean right there? Oh, yeah, I said, that's where it happened. And this is decades later now. So I said, so what happened? He said, well, my life is just totally messed up. So I'm working in the hospital as an orderly. I said, oh. He said, I look on the bulletin board and I see Nikki Cruz at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. I go, that can't be Nikki. This Nikki was nuttier than me, crazier than me. He said, no, I saw your face. It was you. And here, one of our members putting a flyer on a hospital bulletin board. The man walked by, saw it, came, gave his heart to Jesus Christ. Can we thank God for the amazing ways that he works? Before we close with some prayer, let's talk about the pre-Christmas story a little bit. What's the pre-Christmas story? The Christmas story is Mary and Joseph, Bethlehem, wise men, shepherds. You got that right? But the pre-Christmas story that came before it is Luke is the only one who tells it. It's the birth, not of Jesus right away. He gets to that. But he tells the story of the birth of the forerunner, the one who was going to go before Messiah. And in the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, after Malachi was written, there were 400 silent years. They're called in church history or Christian history, the 400 silent years. No prophetic voice, no book, nothing written, inspired. 
And in Malachi, it's talked about the forerunner, the one who would come before Jesus, the Messiah. They just knew him as Messiah is coming. So Luke, rather than go right to Mary and Joseph and that and the manger, he tells the story about how John the Baptist was born. Now, I mentioned before, John the Baptist, Jesus said, Jesus said, is the greatest man born of a woman ever. Although he did no miracle. He had the blessing of God to turn people's hearts to the Lord. And that's the ultimate. If you and I can be used by God, amen, to turn people's hearts to the Lord. That's better than a healing. And because no matter how many times you're healed, you're going to die. You can die. But, and the Lord brings liberation and freedom. But John the Baptist was used to turn people's hearts, the children, back to the fathers and the people stumbling around in darkness back to the wisdom of the wise. So this forerunner has to be born before Jesus so that he can announce his coming. And you remember John the Baptist. He did his ministry out near the Jordan River. He brought up in the desert. Rough guy. Totally different approach than Jesus in ministry. And uh, announced and called the people to repent. Turn around, turn, change, and turn toward God because the king is coming. The Messiah is at the door. So now God, who is arranging all this, God foretold it through Malachi. So now God has to bring it about. The, the forerunner has to be born. And the way the story is told, I want you to just notice a couple of things which will lead us to pray. It tells you a lot about God and how God works and what an encouragement to us. So let's just read it. It's not a long passage, but it's not usually read at Christmas. It's the story of uh, Mary and Joseph read. In the time of Herod, king of Judea. That, now that Herod was a famous king. He was not liked by the Jewish people because he was a half-breed. He was half-Jewish and half-something uh, else. And he wasn't religious. He didn't care. He was a politician. He got in with the people in Rome, the Roman emperor, and the leaders of the, of the Senate. Uh, so he was in charge there. And he's the one who rebuilt the temple and built the magnificent temple that Jesus went to in his ministry. And when Jesus was born, Herod was on the throne. King Herod the Great, he was called. And he took decades to build that temple, which some called one of the wonders of the world because of the ornateness of it, the money he put into it, and it took decades to build it. So Herod was famous, but you're going to notice now just one mention of his name and then no mas. Because what the world calls important, God goes, no, I'm bypassing that. What the culture says, oh, that's the guy. You're the man. You're not. Jesus is the man. And God doesn't look at people the way we look at people. Please, of all the things we can learn tonight, let's be free from the way our culture thinks of who's hot and who's not and who's in and who's hip and who's, oh, that basketball player, that way. These are irrelevancies. God has a different value system. So we're going to learn it. So watch. There was a priest named Zechariah who nobody knew about. Nobody knew about him. He wasn't in the newspapers. Nobody knew him. He was just one of thousands of priests. And he was old on top of that. 
Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. Just like our prayer band has, uh, uh, by the way, we got a good number sign up Sunday. And any of you just, you know, go online. I want to know more about the prayer band. They have a schedule. They have teams. They report at certain times. And, and this is the way the priests did. And he was of the, of the division of Abijah. Uh, you know, like we would have the, oh, you're the group that comes in on Wednesday. You're the group that prays on Sunday. This was the group of, of Abijah, and they were assigned to come to the temple if they were blessed once a year to serve. And what they did was the only the priests could go into the holy place. None of the people could go there. They couldn't even come much past the altar of uh, the brazen altar where the animals were killed. But past that was the the laver, this big water-filled thing where the priests cleaned themselves. And then they went into this room, and that was the holy place. And then beyond that was a curtain. Nobody went in there but the high priest once a year. But who was going to take care of the altar, uh, the golden altar of incense? Who was going to clean that up? Who was going to take care of where the, the light was uh, and who and, and tend those lamps. Who was going to take care of the table with the bread on it? It was the priest. And, and Zechariah is there uh, on time doing his work. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. So they were of the priestly uh, family. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Now there's something. When God calls you straight and righteous, now you're talking. What people think, totally irrelevant. Please, listen, I want to help somebody here. Don't go by what people think of you. They're like yo-yos. They go up and down. One day they love you, the next day they want to kill you, right? Haven't we learned that? You remember on one of Paul's journeys, he was in a place and, and he, he, he preached and somebody was healed, if I remember correctly, and the people in the town mobbed him and they called him the name of a god and, and Barnabas who was with them, they called him a name of one of the Greek uh, Roman gods and they were bowing down. They want to sacrifice animals to them as if they were gods because they had done this work. And Paul said, stop it, stop it. We're just regular people. There's another good lesson. Everyone's a regular person. There are no superstars. Solo uno, uno solo, Jesus Christ is the only superstar. So then they want to worship him and he's trying to stop them. And then some people come from the last town that Paul was in and they stir up the crowd against Paul. And now the people say, let's kill him. Well, wait a minute. You were just offering sacrifice to them. No, let's kill him now. People fluctuate. How many have found that with people you know? One day they're fair weather. Everything's great. Next day, not. They were righteous, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So watch this forming. God is going to send John the Baptist into the world through natural means, not supernatural, virgin birth. And who does he pick? He could have anyone. 26-year-old guy, 24-year-old woman, beautiful, wealthy, live in a palace, highly educated, maybe a rabbi. He could pick anyone he wants. He picks Two people who can't have a child. So that he can show that with him, nothing is impossible. If you study the Bible, he's constantly picking unlikely scenarios and situations. And just where you say, no way, he goes, yes, I will make a way. Amen? 
So you might be here today and enemies attacking you and, and, and hindering you. You've got some complex, some hyper fear. You're hyperventilating or whatever you're doing. And, and you're locked up tight. And you'd be the last person that would seem that God could use. No, but that's what God loves. He breaks chains and he takes the person who everybody was feeling sorry for. And then he makes that man or a woman. Come on, let's clap our hands for the Lord. Christian history is replete with that, replete with turnarounds. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So when did this all happen? When he was doing his duty. When he was where he was supposed to be. When you're where God's wants you to be and just doing his duty. He didn't wake up that morning and think of anything. He just said he was old. He had wanted a child. He couldn't have one, but he wasn't a pity party. He wasn't a victim. He wasn't saying, wow, life hasn't worked out. My wife and I are childless. No, he said, I'm a priest. This is a privilege. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. They want me fixing the incense altar. That's where I'll be. You never know what God will do when you just do your duty. You sing in the choir, you work in uh, Christian ed, you're in the prayer band, whatever. You just, and it's cold outside, and you say, I don't even feel like going out. When you go, you never know what God can do. Because God, we're going to find out, God was trekking Zechariah and Elizabeth for decades. Tracking every prayer, watching every time he did his duty. He didn't feel it, he didn't know it, but God is watching everything we do. He watched you break through the cold and come here tonight. Don't you think he's mindful of that? He knows how life works. Some other people didn't come maybe because they just said, ah, too cold, I don't want to deal with that. Right? No, that's the way life works. But you all are here. Praise God you're here. Come on, let's clap our hands. Praise God you're here. You felt like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. When deacons serve, when ushers serve when you're doing what God called you to do. God's eye is on you. No one's applauding. Who needs a mention? God's going to give you the applause and the reward. Praise God. And when the time for the burning of the incense came and all the assembled worshipers were praying outside, it's amazing what happens when people are praying. Like tonight, who knows what God could do? Notice the moment that God chooses to send the angel. Here's the altar of incense. He's before it. Worshiping the incense, which is a symbol of prayer and worship, is going up, smoke, sweet. And outside, they all know it's the hour of that incense burn. And they're all praying outside. Just think the whole atmosphere is prayer. And as they're doing that, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So if this was the altar the right side would be either that side or depending on how they looked at it. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. What prayer? The prayer that he had been praying for decades. He's an old guy now. But God had heard every prayer he ever prayed for that son. Just because you and I don't see it doesn't mean it's not on the way. God answered, listen, this is put in the Bible for our learning and encouragement. He picks someone who can't have a child, and he picks somebody who's been praying for that child. Doesn't that tell you something about God, what he loves? 
He loves unlikely situations, and he loves when people are praying for the impossible. They can't have children, but he was praying. But maybe he had stopped praying somewhere along the way, but it didn't matter. Those early prayers had been registered with God. You're praying for something tonight. Don't give up. There's an appointed time for God to intervene and bring the answer. We just can't quit. We got to keep praying. How many want to keep praying for everything you're holding on to God for? Every promise, every miracle, every breakthrough that you need with that son, that daughter, whatever. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him what? John. That's how John the Baptist came into the world. By the way, I didn't have it here, but to show you how important it is to believe and how God honors faith, Zechariah hears this, and as great a man as he was, the Bible tells it like is, Zechariah says to the angel, how do I know it will happen? We're old. Things are not looking good. She's no spring chicken, and neither am I. And the angel, I don't want to say anger, but the angel, not irritated, the angel says, my name is Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. He sent me to tell you that. And you won't believe? Then you won't talk until the baby's born. And wait, don't clap. The guy got mute. What are you clapping for? What kind of church is this? Am I right, pastors? Never said another word. He was chastened or corrected by God because of his unbelief. And we have a Bible that tells us what God is saying. And we're, I, I want another sign. God said it. Why don't, you just, why don't we just believe it? No, but I don't feel it. What does it matter what you feel? Did God say it? Did God promise it or not? If God didn't promise it, forget it. No matter how you feel. But if God said it, and, and the angel, I want to, don't want to use an uh, inappropriate phrase, but the angel like went off on him. Like what? What are you, dude, what are you talking about? I'm Gabriel. I'm not natural. I stand in the presence of God. I'm a supernatural being. And God told me to come and tell you this is what he's going to do for you. And you're saying, how can I be sure? You can be sure because God said it. John the Baptist was going to be raised by a mom and dad. And God could have picked anyone. Wealthy people? Don't mean anything. Highly educated? Doesn't matter. A lot of highly educated people are really... They don't have a clue about life and about God. True? Uh, important in the culture. Influencers. TikTok. No. God says, I found this old couple. Been tracking them for years. They won't give up. They keep serving me. Life's not easy, but they keep trusting me. And they keep praying and praying, and they haven't had an answer. But oh, do I have an answer for them? I'm not going to give them a son. I'm going to give them the greatest man ever born of a woman outside of Messiah. Do you see how God works? Are you in an unlikely situation? Or do you feel an unlikely person? Perfect. That's who God uses. No, but I'm not trained and I'm not this. Perfect. That's exactly what God uses. 
people who are unlikely. What the world says is weak, God says, no, I'll make them strong to show you that you're weak in your strength. How great is our God. Amen? I want to encourage you here because we pastors want to wait on the Lord with you and go from person to person and just pray with you because you're hanging on to some promise from God. And it's hard. Or maybe you yourself, you're being bound, held back by something, some besetting sin, some phobia, some, some personality quirk, some something. You've got to keep on believing. You've got to keep your eyes on the Lord. And you've got to remember, if God said it, that settles it. Come on, is that true? If God said it, that settles it. Now, we get, let me close with this. We get to the Christmas story, and Mary takes our breath away because Gabriel, same angel, comes to her and says, highly favored among women are you. By the way, blessed are you among women, among that and all that. Don't ever pray Hail Marys. Mary's in heaven, and she doesn't appreciate you not praying to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You don't need help from Mary. We can go right to Jesus. How many say amen? And don't pray to St. Christopher, Saint, all the saints. Don't go. That's false teaching. Pray to Father through Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. So the, everything else is not biblical. Nobody ever in the Bible prayed to Mary. Don't do that. Mary's a great woman. I'll tell you how great she is. An angel came. Now, just remember what he said. So, Mary, you're highly favored. You're going to be the mother of the Messiah, of the Son of God. He will be the greatest. He'll bring salvation to the whole world. And Mary goes, how would that happen since I'm a virgin? I've never been with a man. Oh, no, the Holy Spirit is over, going to overshadow you. Did this ever happen before? No. Will it ever happen again? No. But it's going to happen to you. She could have been 16. Some think 14. The oldest I've seen among the commentators is 21, 22. And you know what she said? Behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. She believed the most incredible, ridiculous thing any human had ever heard. I'm going to make you the mother of the Messiah without a man's contact. And she said, that's what God said he'll do? I receive it. And she breaks out in a song called the Magnificat. It's in Luke. And she's praising God. Why was she singing? Because she was full of faith. When you're full of faith, you have a song. She didn't have the baby yet, but she's praising God. Zechariah, he needs a pad and a pencil to write because he can't even order his food from his wife. He can't talk. I wonder how many people are mute in churches across America. Mute to praise God. They can't praise God. They're not happy. They're not bold. Why? They have no faith. But when God gives you faith, you just praise God. Come on, lift your hands and praise him out loud. Come on, everyone, lift your hands. Praise him out loud in the name of the Lord. Praise him. I say praise him in the name of the Lord. We praise you most high. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of being belonging to you. You break fetters. You break chains. We receive. The battle is the battle of faith. We choose to believe. 
We will not disbelieve or have unbelief. We choose to believe and honor you by praising you before we see a thing. We're not going to moan and groan. We're going to praise you tonight, Lord. I'm going to praise you. Break every chain in this building, Lord. In the name of Christ, break it, Lord. If you can give Zechariah and Elizabeth a child in their old age, if you can give Mary the Son of God, what in this building can't you do, Lord? Let there be breakthroughs of all kinds, things that can't even be mentioned or talked about. But you know, breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakout, breakthrough, Lord. In the name of Christ, every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you're saying, Pastor, I'm hanging on. No, that was an encouragement. I'm going to be Zechariah. I'm waiting for that angel to come and say, your day has come. All your prayers have been heard, watched. Just come out of your seat and stand here in the front. I'm praying, Pastor. I don't see it yet, but I am hanging on to God. This is one more night I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. We'll stand with you. Those who have to go, go. But we're going to pray and wait on the Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Come. Admit your weakness and your inability, but that's what God loves. Because when we confess our inability, we say, God, I'm not trusting in me because I can't do it. But you can do it and you will do it. Because no word of God is without power. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for your presence with us tonight. We might leave this building, but we're not leaving you. You're going to go with us. Minister to us. Me first, Lord. Strengthen us all that we keep on keeping on. That we're full of life and faith and praise like Mary. Not doubting, but believing. Not full of fear, but bold as a lion. For the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. Get us out of the ditches that the enemy tries to get us in. Just lift us up, God, and just yank us up into the land of the living. Get everyone home safely. Bless the offering as we leave. But get everyone home safely. Give us a good week of being available for orders from the master. To talk, to pray, to be quiet, to sit, to wait, to be still, to rejoice, to witness, to pray. Whatever, however, lead us and we will follow. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So turn around. Come on, men with men, women with women. Give a hug, a handshake. God bless you.